dig in in the battlefield and gain traction. Not only that, the battlefield would be, uh, would be uneven terrain. There'd be rough ground, rocky ground, all kinds of uneven terrain. And so the soldier could fight without worried, worrying that his, that his feet would get bloodied and, 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 and injured by the, the uneven terrain. It, it allowed him to perform well, perform well on the battlefield, as it were. And so it, was, it, it, it represented a, a revolution even in, in the technology of the day. And what Paul's saying as he uses that as an analogy is he's saying that the gospel of peace gives us readiness, much in the way that a soldier who shows up for battle wearing the proper footwear, wearing the proper gear, is ready, is ready to engage in his struggle. That the gospel of peace readies us. It gives us a readiness as well. You know, you want to have the right shoes for the occasion. And anybody that's ever played a sport on some form of turf where cleats are involved knows what I'm talking about. Because if you try to play that sport on, on a, a wet, muddy field without the proper footwear, then you're in trouble. So our kids play soccer. Through the years, all of our children have, have played soccer at various stages, but Pike especially plays for our high school soccer team here in, in Chickasha. And soccer is uh, oftentimes thought of as a spring sport, a fall and a spring sport, I suppose. But particularly in the spring when we get lots of rain, they play soccer on, on wet and sometimes muddy fields. And, and soccer players need those cleats. They need those, those long cleats to dig in because you think about the movement involved on a soccer field. That applies to baseball. That applies to football. That applies to softball. It applies even to golf when you think of golf spikes and, 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 and golf shoes. And it, it applies in so many ways that if you, if you played a sport, you can, you can relate, right? Well, that's the, that's the foundational idea here that we want to be ready to, to perform well, perform as it were. I'm using that phrase somewhat loosely. But we want to be ready for the task entrusted to us that we would proclaim this gospel of peace. What's more, there's an illusion here in this. When we, when we, anytime we talk about feet, the feet and the gospel, that the gospel has feet, this idea, there's an illusion there, I think, that takes us back to the Old Testament. In Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7, and again in Nahum chapter 1, verse 15, we see this, this reference to the beautiful feet of those who proclaim the good news, the beautiful feet of those who, who share the good news. And the picture there in the Old Testament, as it were, is of the person who has, who has come to share that good news. They have, they have come a long distance. They have run a long way to share the good news, to share good news with people in a city or a particular area. And anytime we read that, we understand. Paul writes about that in Romans when he picks up that same idea. How are, the, how are people to know unless we go to them and share that good news with them? All of that will come into play as we dig in and we understand this text this morning. So we've talked about the idea of the, the feet, the footwear, the, how, how the, the shoes, as it were, preparedness. We're going to deal some more with that. But the other component here is the gospel of peace. What is the gospel of peace? The gospel of peace. The gospel, of course, let's just deal with that phrase word by word. The gospel is the good news 
The gospel is the good news. It's the story of of redemption that is available through faith in Jesus Christ to all who would believe. That when we turn to him in faith and turn from our sin, when we repent of our sins and trust Jesus for faith, we are forgiven and we are set free. We studied that even last week. And and we looked at the dimensions of that last week. We are justified by faith. We are sanctified through the work of the Holy Spirit. And we look forward to the day when we will be glorified in the presence of God our Savior. Salvation has come to all those who trust in Jesus by faith. But not only that, not only is it good news, but it's a good news that brings peace. It brings peace. What do we think of as peace? Well, I suppose in many ways... Our most basic understanding of peace is we think the absence of conflict, right? So if we think of wartime and we think of times of peace, so there's war and there's peace. There's conflict and there's the lack of conflict. And that's what we generally associate with peace. But in the Bible, peace is used to, to describe more than just absence of, of, of conflict or absence of battle. In the Bible, peace speaks to wholeness, things that are right, when things are ordered in the way that they are designed, when there is a, when there is a, a oneness and a wholeness between us and God. And so in the Hebrew language, that word that is used is the word shalom. And you've maybe heard that word before, the word for peace, the Hebrew word shalom. And it, it speaks to rest, actually. It speaks to the idea of that we can our defenses and our guard can be down because things are right. Things are as they should be when we have that rest, that peace that comes. That's all of that is kind of loaded into this word peace. And so it's the good news that, that brings rest because things are as they should be. And that is the same gospel of peace Paul is writing here and saying that gospel of peace prepares us now. And so let's look at, I want us to see together five ways that the gospel of peace works in our hearts and our lives as we lean in, as we, to follow the example and even use this metaphor further, as, as our feet are, are readied, are prepared with the shoes that, that are the, the preparedness of the gospel of peace, all right? The first thing that we see is that the gospel of peace provides a way of salvation. The gospel of peace provides for us a way of salvation. Through this gospel, through believing in this gospel in faith, we can have peace with God. Go back a few chapters and look at Ephesians chapter 4. Excuse me, 2. Excuse me, 2. Ephesians chapter 2 in verse 13. Ephesians chapter 2. Look in verse 13. And I want to read... Starting in verse 13, and I'm just going to read through the rest of Ephesians chapter 2. And I want you to see how we have peace with God through faith in Jesus. How that faith in Christ and the salvation that comes through faith in Christ gives us peace. Ephesians 2.13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. You see that? Jesus himself is our peace, Paul writes. Who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility 
by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that we might create that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two so making peace and might reconcile us both to God and one body through the cross thereby killing the hostility and he came and preached peace to you who were once far off and peace to those who are near for through him we both have access in one spirit to the father So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with saints and the members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So the picture is this. Once we were separated from God because of our sin, there was a wall of sorts that separated us. But Jesus himself came and broke down that wall, broke down that barrier so that we might be one with God through faith in Christ. And now, through faith in Christ, Jesus himself being our peace, we, we can know what it's like to live in peace. We, our lives can even be built into this temple of the Holy Spirit, this dwelling place of God, built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. We have peace with God, a way of salvation provided by this gospel of peace. I have to pause here for a moment and I have to ask this question. Do you know Jesus by faith? Have you experienced his peace in your heart by trusting in Christ for this way of salvation? If there's never been a moment in your life when when you have trusted Jesus by faith, when you have surrendered your heart and your life to him, when you have quite literally to borrow the language of Ephesians 2, when this, when this dividing wall of hostility has been broken down in your heart and your life through faith in Jesus, my prayer is that today might be the day that you experience peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And even in a few moments as we enter into a time of salvation, a time of response, you'll have the opportunity to respond in faith to him today, that you might have peace with God through trusting in Jesus. The gospel of peace provides a way of salvation. Secondly, we see the gospel of peace prepares us for spiritual battles. It prepares us for spiritual battles. That's the, that's the, the essence of, of what is being written about in Ephesians chapter six, right? That as we trust in Christ, we have peace with God. And now this peace with God helps prepare us for the other things that we will encounter so that as he's writing even in this context in Ephesians 6 we might be surrounded by the armor of God the strength that comes through faith in Jesus in John chapter 14 Jesus is speaking to his disciples in his final moments his final his his final words even with his disciples before he goes to the cross and he says this to them in John 14 verse 27 peace I leave with you My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. And then he says, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. See, there's a confidence that comes with the peace of God. There's a confidence that comes as we trust in Jesus and we have have faith with him and, and now we have peace with God through that faith in Christ. And that That confidence prepares us for 
all the things that will come our way. There's, there is a very real spiritual struggle that we're engaged in, even as we know from our study in Ephesians chapter 6. And although we don't know what lies around every corner and every turn, and although we don't understand what may happen in, in the very next moments, we know this. We know that regardless of what is coming, regardless of what we will face, we serve a God who is greater. And he empowers us and enables us to overcome through his strength and his might as we put on this spiritual armor. And as we do that, we can experience peace. And not only can we experience peace in our lives, but as we're going to see, we become messengers who share that, that way of peace with others. The gospel of peace prepares us for spiritual battles. Thirdly, we see that the gospel of peace protects us from the enemy's attacks. There is a very real enemy who is at work to, to, to steal, to kill, and destroy is the way that, that Jesus says. Peter writes about the very same thing in 1 Peter chapter 5. that He says that our adversary, the devil, devil is roaming about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. We know that the enemy is out to overcome us. And yet, we can have protection as we have the peace of God reigning in our hearts. You remember we, we just finished this spring a study in Philippians. We worked our way through the book of Philippians. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, we saw this. Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which quite literally transcends, it surpasses, it goes beyond our ability even to understand it, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. There is protection that comes with this covering, with this peace of God when it reigns in our hearts. The gospel of peace protects us from the enemy's attacks. Fourth, we understand that the gospel of peace preserves us through trials. It preserves us, which is to say that it strengthens us and it sustains us and it carries us even in the midst of our trials. I, I read a moment ago from John 14, 27. Jesus is sharing with his disciples in those last moments together. By the way, we call that, if you were to start in John 13 and go all the way to John, the end of John 16, we refer to that as the farewell discourse. The farewell discourse is Jesus from the time of the Last Supper until this moment, the moments in the Garden of Gethsemane where we see him pray the, the high priestly prayer of John 17. Jesus is giving those final instructions. And in that, in John chapter 16, verse 33, as he's wrapping up that discussion with his com that conversation with his disciples, he, Jesus says this, John 16, 33. I have said these things to you that in me, speaking of himself, of course, you may have peace. In the world you will, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You know what's so interesting and so striking about Jesus' wor words there? We, when we think of when we think of Jesus overcoming the world, we think of his victory on the cross, which, well, we should, because his victory on the cross demonstrates, his, his sacrifice on the cross and his res resurrection demonstrate to us his power. 
But in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus speaks these words to his disciples before he goes to the cross. And he doesn't say, I will overcome the world. He says, I have overcome the world. Why is that significant? Well, I think it's significant because it reminds us that there has never been a moment in all of creation when God has not been supreme, when he has not been sovereign, when his power has not reigned and ruled over everything. And even from the very beginning, you might track the, the, the advent of human sin and, and, and you, might, you might follow the brokenness and the pain and, the, and, and all the, 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 the intending consequences that have happened in our world because of sin and its many effects. And yet, even in that, there has never been a moment where God has not been supreme and sovereign over all of creation. He has overcome. And the cross is perhaps the, the, the greatest way in which we understand the cross and the resurrection, the overcoming power of Christ. But friends, let's be clear. God has been sovereign and supreme from, from before the foundation of the world. And his victory has never for one moment been in doubt. And there is nothing that the enemy might bring against him which will stand because his power transcends. He is all-powerful, almighty. And by faith in Jesus, we can have a relationship with this almighty God. And this relationship comes through faith in Christ, in, in the manner that, that we're speaking of here, this gospel of peace, this good news that brings peace. And that same peace that has the power to save you from your sin, that same peace that has the power to overcome all the wrong and all the things that you've ever done, that same peace has the power to sustain you in the midst of your darkest moments. The gospel of peace preserves us in the midst of our trials so that Jesus might rightly say I tell you these things so that in me you might have peace in this world you will have trouble but take heart I've overcome fifth we see that the gospel of peace and this is such an important one into the gospel of peace propels us propels us to herald the good news it propels us. In other words, it, it sends us out. We are compelled to go out into the world, into the highways and the hedges, into the byways. We're, we're compelled to go out into all the, the, the dark places and to shine the light of Jesus, that we might proclaim his victory over sin and death, that we might proclaim his victory that brings peace, that has the power to tear down the wall of separation that existed between us and God because of our sin, that we might go out in the world, we might proclaim the goodness of Jesus, which sets us free, which, which eases that burden that has come because of our sin. The gospel of peace prepares us to herald the good news. I choose the word herald particularly in this point for a reason, because a herald has a job. Think of a herald as, the herald is the person that was the, you may think of as the town crier, right? The herald is the person who has one job. His job is to, is to proclaim a message. And we ought to think of ourselves as heralds of the gospel. We have a job. 
we have been given a task, and that is that we are to proclaim the message of the gospel. You see, the gospel was never intended to end with you and, and, and with me. The, the, the point of the gospel is not just to get you and I to the moment of peace with God, and then it ends there. The gospel flows to us in order that it might flow through us to reach others with that same good news, with that same message of peace. And so we are to be heralds of this good news. We are to proclaim this good news. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, we're very familiar with the fact that Peter tells us that we are to always be ready to give an answer. We are always to be ready to share the gospel with others. But in the verses before that, which sometimes we miss, he speaks of the fact that, that we are to proclaim peace, that this very message. And so read with me. If you, if you can turn there in your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 3, read with me beginning in verse 10, and let's read all the way through verse 15. Let's pick this up and, and see it in its context. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. For whoever desires to love life and see good days... Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of God, the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now who is there to harm you if you're zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you are blessed Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. See, we're always to be ready to share this gospel with others. We're always to be ready to proclaim this message, but it begins as we pursue peace in our hearts that as we pursue peace as we as we find peace with God through faith in Jesus now there is a way of salvation for those who turn to him in faith not only is there a way of salvation but we see that 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 we're ready we are prepared for the for the spiritual battle for the things that are going to come our way we are protected by the hand of God in the midst of what we're enduring we are preserved that we might persevere through the trials and the struggles that we have in order that we might go out into the world to proclaim this message of good news the gospel of peace propels us propels us it it demands of us let me say it that way that we would go out into the world to share the good news of Jesus with those who don't know him. And so as you think of your own life, as you examine, as you examine your life and, and, and you think of this metaphor of the, the readiness that comes with the shoes, the feet that are fit with the shoes, the readiness, the preparation that comes with the gospel of peace, are you doing all that you can to live in that peace that is yours through faith in Jesus and to proclaim that same peace with others around you. The gospel demands of us that we would share that good news, that message with others. That we would proclaim, that we would herald that good news. 
may it be true of us that we are faithful witnesses to the peace that is available as we trust in Jesus for salvation. I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes with me because in a moment we're going to move into a time of response, a moment of invitation. And in that moment, in that time of response today, as we sing a song, there's going to be an opportunity for you. If you sense today that God is speaking to you, that he's working in in your life, there's going to be the opportunity for you today to to, to respond in, in obedience to that. There's a couple of ways that you might respond. The first is that you would you would just surrender your heart and your life to Jesus today. Even as I mentioned earlier, if there's never been that moment, by faith you have trusted Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin. And would you make today the day, even now, with your head bowed and your eyes closed as you're thinking, I want you to ask yourself this question. Have I trusted Jesus for the forgiveness of my sin? Do I have peace with God? And friend, if the answer is no, even if the answer is I don't know, then I would encourage you that you would come forward during the invitation today. Let me speak with you. Let me share with you the way of peace through faith in Jesus. Maybe you know that you've trusted him for the forgiveness of your sin. You've trusted him for your salvation. But truth of the matter is that the gospel has maybe come to you but it's not flowing through you into the world. And I wonder today, how may God want to use you to proclaim this good news, to herald this good news to a world that's desperately in need of peace? And I would encourage you even now as you're thinking and and even now as we prepare to go before the Lord in prayer, that you would just ask God an honest question. Lord, who would you have me share this good news with? Who is it that needs to hear about this peace from me? And allow God to send you out, to propel you outward, that you might share the good news of Christ with those who need peace. God, we are so grateful that we can have peace with you through faith in Jesus. We're so grateful that that wall of hostility that that exists because of our sin has been broken down through your overcoming work on the cross and that by faith in you, we we might have that peace in our hearts. I pray, God, that if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you by faith, they've never surrendered their life to you, that this might be the day, this might be the moment, this might be the hour when they turn to you in faith, turning from their sin, repenting of their past, and receiving the forgiveness that comes through faith in Jesus and his work on the cross, your work on the cross. And Lord, that through that, they might know peace and experience your peace in their heart. And Lord, to those of us who have experienced that peace through faith in Christ, we pray an honest prayer. God, send us out into the world that we may share this good news. We don't want want it to stop with us because we, we understand it wasn't intended to stop with us. Rather, God, send us out into the world that we may share the good news of Jesus with those around us, that they too might live in your peace. All of this we pray in your name. 
we stand together to sing this song of invitation in this moment, I want to encourage you. If God's speaking to you today and you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus, I want to encourage you that you would come now and that you would just meet me here at the front. Let me lead you through a prayer of faith as you surrender your heart and your life to Jesus today. And if perhaps God is speaking to you today and you know that he's calling you to to become a herald, one who proclaims this good news, this message of hope, this way of peace through faith in Jesus with others, then I want to encourage you that you would respond in obedience to him today. Say, Lord, I understand that you're sending me out and I'm, and I'm willing to go. However that may be, wherever that may be, that we might share that good news, that message of peace with others. That they too might know peace through faith in Jesus. Let's respond to him in obedience this morning as we sing this song.